Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Don't spill your popcorn in excitement, but as the government keeps reminding us, this year marks the 25th anniversary of the promulgation of the Basic Law. In part two of today's show, Elsie Lung, Deputy Director of the Basic Law Committee, will be here to talk about some of the controversies surrounding that and, of course, the constitutional reform controversies. Before that, the rolling poll on public acceptance of the political reform proposals for selecting the chief executive releases new figures weekly. According to this week's figures, the gap between those supporting and opposing the proposal has widened just a bit, from the previous narrowest gap of about 2% to 5.5%. Well, with us in the studio is the chairman of the Civic Party, Audrey Yu. Audrey Yu, can I ask you, first of all, there's been a lot of talk indeed from members of the uh, pro-democratic camp itself about possibility of negotiation, possibility of compromise. Do you think that the time is right for that? Well, I think uh, people always want to see some breakthrough, but then, of course, uh, if you look at the time since last year, since the 31st of August MPC decision, we actually don't see any signs that either the central authorities or the SAR government is uh, proposing to give any leeway at all. But would the Civic Party at this stage want to enter into some sort of negotiations? Uh, the Civic Party always want to talk. Uh, I don't think negotiation is quite the word because you know the central authorities don't regard political parties in Hong Kong as equals or indeed Hong Kong people as equal. Uh, but I think any kind of a dialogue or any kind of uh, a breakthrough, of course, is, is always welcome, but we don't see any sign of that at the moment. Let, let me ask you something else, and, and this is a point that I'll, I'll, I'll put later to Elsie Leung, which is the government supporters are saying that one of the main reasons why the pro-democrats should be supporting these proposals is that they should reflect public opinion. If indeed public opinion says by a majority that these proposals should be supported. Isn't it uncomfortable for the Democrats to be on the wrong side of public opinion? Well, it's, it's very interesting to hear the government say that because, of course, they started off saying, well, 60% of the view is in support of the political reform package. Uh, and then when you see the polls coming out and not really, you know, reflecting that, then they say, oh, actually, you know, public opinion is not that important. It's only one of the considerations. So, I mean, they, they want it both ways. I think as far as the Democrats are concerned, they at least, you know, they, they have the uh, duty uh, to the public because they've been elected to LegCo on a certain platform and they really... Uh, should therefore reflect, whatever they do should reflect the, the platform which they have pledged during the election. And also, the other thing is that they're going to face elections, you know, continuously, because uh, at the end of this year, we're going to have a district council election, next year, the legislative election. I mean, to that extent, you see that we, of course, are held much more accountable 
to public opinion uh, than the government. Are you worried about those elections? Well, I, I think uh, uh, politicians always worry about elections. Uh, uh, but on, on the other hand, uh, the important thing also is that you have to see whatever, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you vote, you ha also have to see that it's in accordance with what you stand for, the principles you have pledged yourself to, and what you think is, you know, best for the long-term interest. The, the, the uh, constant speculation is about whether the government will be able to prize away an, uh, enough members from the pro-democratic camp in LegCo to support this. Is, is that something that worries you? Well, um, anything can happen in politics, never say never, but at the moment I don't see that happening. Uh, I think that, that the government at least have to do something. Um, you know, have to give some concessions, but at the moment you don't see the government giving any concessions at all. I mean, is there anything in your mind at the moment that could be given that would be meaningful and, and would in fact sway the decision? I, I think we've always been consistent. We've always said it's got to meet international standards and because that's also in the basic law. If you look at Article 39 of the basic law, which incorporates the ICCPR, and you know, in that, the definition of what is universal suffrage. I don't think you know, the, the debate is between a UK model or a US model, as the government always tried to sell it. It's, it's really universal standard. And, and that standard is actually incorporated into our basic law. And that's what we're asking for. That's all. You can't point to anything specifically, though. Well, at the moment, you see, what we have on the table, which is the uh, 831 MPC decision, is far, far, far away <laughs> from the international standard. It's, it's not offering a genuine choice. The government cannot explain how the nominating com committee is supposed to be broadly representative, mm -hmm. because these are words actually in Article 45 of the Basic Law. So when they don't even begin to meet their own standards, you know, it's... It's not the question of asking the people or the politicians, but what is your minimum demand? I mean, the government has a constitutional duty to give us something that meets the minimum demand. Well, Audrey Yu, thank you very much indeed. As we said earlier, it's the 25th anniversary of the promulgation of the Basic Law, and the government wants us to love it. Unsurprisingly, schools are to be the focus of awareness activities presumably in response to Occupy Central, which was attributed to a lack of knowledge of the Basic Law and the People's Republic of China among the young. Celebrating the 25th anniversary of the promulgation of the Basic Law, the Education Bureau recently produced a Basic Law video teaching resource package for junior secondary schools. The main themes are the constitutional status of the Basic Law and the concept of one country, two systems. However, some contents of these teaching materials are more controversial. Thank you.
Apart from the audiovisual teaching materials, there is also a text version that consists of five learning units. In the unit regarding the relationship between the central authorities and the HKSAR, a graph describes the HKSAR and the chief executive as being directly under the jurisdiction and control of the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office. Gangui 所以國務院成立了一個港澳事務辦公室,專門是負責港澳工作的。所以如果這樣的話,可能大家會舒服一點。Secondary school students have also expressed their dissatisfaction with the teaching materials and believe they constitute brainwashing. The student activist group Scholarism has launched a petition urging the Education Bureau to withdraw the materials. Students from around 70 secondary schools have already signed. 最關鍵的一個問題就是,你作為香港特區政府,這個教材是一個官方出的教材,那這個官方出的教材怎可能是有錯誤或者怎可能是有偏頗呢?So far, there has been no compulsory basic law education. However, in 2011, the Education Bureau invited around 40 primary and secondary schools to teach the basic law. It also provided teaching materials. 這個教材其實有一個參考性在裡面 有少認識到我們自己同國家的一個小小的關係,另外呢,就是基本法是因為什麼嘅過程當中而產生,而帶俾佢哋呢明白到法規呢,係我們未來自己喺個生活上面呢,係需要掌握嘅一啲嘅內
secession, subversion, and um, uh, sedition, and um, the, uh, the, the leaking of the official secret. Now, the, um, the, that obligation existed right from the beginning, right from the, right from the promulgation of the basic law, and uh, the time when it comes into effect on the 1st of July, 1997. Uh, so I believe that um, we have this obligation to do it uh, at appropriate time. And, and you have indicated previously, and I just want to know whether this has been correctly reported, that, that you think that, for example, were there this um, legislation in place, activities such as the June 4th Tiananmen commemoration would possibly be regarded as, as illegal? Um, I think in Hong Kong, you need two factors to um, uh, comprise a, uh, an offence. First of all, there has to be behaviour, actus reus, and there has to be the, the, um, the intention to commit a crime, that is the, the mens rea. So uh, unless both, um, unless the, ordinance, uh, the, the law particularly specified that um, it's an absolute offence, otherwise you need both. So you've just, um, the, the slogan of the, um, uh, reversing the verdict of the June 4th, uh, or abolishing one party rule, I mean, if it's simply uh, advocating um, a belief uh, or a, a, a political concept, um, that itself is not, would not be an offence. So it seems that, in fact, you've been that, that misreported that, that you, you don't think that, that those commemoration activities... Actually, what I said was, during the 18 years after uh, reunification of Hong Kong with mainland China, um, they had, people have been doing that. They have been um, chanting the slogan of the, regarding June 4th, but uh, nobody has been prosecuted. So far. But would they be not with because, the new law? Not because um, the, the, uh, Article 23 has not been enacted. We already have in our statute book um, the uh, crimes ordinance, uh, which provides for treason and so on. It may be it's not um, it's not ideal because uh, it's a, some provision are quite obsolete. Uh, so we we need modernizing the law. But However, can I just clarify that one yes, point, though? I yes. mean, if people take to the streets mm. and shout "end one-party rule in China," mm. uh, down with the Chinese Communist Party, things like this, do you think that in a new law mm. there should be legislation which would outlaw that? When we make an attempt to legislate um, uh, to implement Article Twenty Three, uh, I believe the, the government emphasised that then needs to be some behaviour uh, causing some damage or is an lawful act and is a grievous um, um, uh, 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 damage to the, to, um, the society then, unless um, you is coupled with acts or intention to do it. That would neither be subversion nor be sedition. So if you just... Uh, you mean the mere advocate. statement of that yes, would, yes, not, it would not be illegal? If you just advocate it without asking people to use force or take some illegal means to do it, then that is not that should not be sedition. I, I don't know uh, what the law will be, but uh, that was um, the, the advice which I gave. Well, let's just move now to the, the, the other big debate, which is obviously the debate about constitutional reform. Mm. I think that, I, I, in fact, I've heard you say this, and I've certainly heard other people who are supporting the government proposal say that one of the main reasons that the pan-democrats should be supporting it is that public opinion what would you say if, as in fact opinion polls seem to be showing, 
that public opinion may be turning. So say a majority of the people don't support the reforms. Would you say to legislators, well, that's public opinion. Well, we suggest you don't support them. Depending on how you gauge public opinion, uh, if it's reliable public opinion, uh, then of course um, the government as well as legislative councillor should have considered uh, should consider it seriously. But that is not the only factor uh, to do it because uh, they are leaders. They are supposed to lead the public. But Does I that not apply to the Democrats as well? Yes, Can't, of course. Couldn't you say, well, yes, you have a view? Yes. Yes, of course. I mean, I, uh, unless the Democrats believe that um, this is um, something which they, well, uh, unless the Democrats believe they should support the resolution. Otherwise, I don't think uh, they would uh, do it. Now, uh, just in the same way as poll, government people will not vote for it unless they believe that this is good for the people of Hong Kong. Uh, so, I mean, uh, how you decide on whether it is good or not for Hong Kong, um, I think, first of all, you, you have to gauge your, uh, you, you, you have to consider whether this is good and what would be the public's reaction to it. And you also have an uh, obligation to educate the public to explain to them actually what we are going into. So, but the public opinion is important, provided it is obtained in a proper way. Um, it is genuine uh, assessment of public opinion. Well, could you help us with something else? Yeah. Because um, we have on the one hand, for example, Carrie Lam saying that the enactment of these reforms mm. is in itself mm. the achievement of universal suffrage and mm. democracy. Yeah. And we have other people, for example, Tung Chi Wah saying, oh, it's just a step. In itself, it isn't a, a, an achievement. Where do you stand on this? Do you think that in itself is universal suffrage? I think that it um, achieved the goal of universal suffrage, but it doesn't mean that uh, we stop at that because um, after you have achieved the goal of universal suffrage, you can always improve on the uh, election method. You see, what mystifies some people is, if that is so, mm. why not say so? Why not say the next step is... X or the next step is Y. The law says so. The law already says so because you, if you look at uh, Article 7... No, I mean concretely. Why not say, uh, well, if, if this is passed, we can then move Well, depending on what you mean by concretely... Well, I mean, well what, let me give you a concrete yes, example. Yes, yes. Why do we still not know what is the proposal for reforming of the Legislative Council elections and the structure? Yeah, you have to go through a procedure for it and you have to have the consensus regarding a particular issue. For example, there are some people who demanded that um, uh, the Central People's Government will promise to abolish functional constituency in 2020. Um, I don't think uh, the Central Government uh, can do that because you have to go through a procedure. Uh, in the 31st August decision, um, the Central People's Government, that is the Standing Committee of the NPC, already said that there will be um, no change in 2016 and that after the, um, the election of the Chief Executive by Universal Suffrage, um, then the Legislative Council's um, uh, election of all members of the Legislative Council uh, by Universal Suffrage may proceed. And uh, the law also provides for the step how you do it. Uh, this is a five-step uh, I, I think everybody procedure. understands that. But, so but what the, they the don't the know is specifically now, what... Yeah, it can only make a decision. Well, it can, no, it's not a matter of a decision. It's a matter of a proposal or an indication to say, look, here you are. 
This is the chief executive proposal. We're now thinking in terms of proposal B. Yes, if just an individual coming no, out no, to say the government, that the Hong Kong government, uh, the Hong Kong government is not the only uh, uh, authority that can make a decision on the uh, change of the uh, procedure for um, election legislative council. Is it the prime body here, or is really the prime body the standing committee? Of I the believe, MPs? according to the, both Article 45 and Article 65, um, the, uh, the democratic process will have to have regard to the um, Hong Kong's actual situation. Uh, we cannot promise now. No, no, uh, I was asking you, yeah. who is the prime body? Uh, in anything concerning the uh, change of method for election, according to Articles um, 7 of Annex 1 and Article 3 of Annex 2, you have to go through that step, which means the Central People's Government, uh, represented by the Standing Committee of the NPC, the Hong Kong SAR Government, and Legislative Council. So, I mean, unless all three parties but agree to the change. But that is the, the order change, of precedence. Uh, yes, I mean, that, that is, if all of them uh, have come to, they've gone through this process of the five-step measures, uh, then just any one of them coming out to say that, oh, it's going to be changed, um, then it has no legal effect. And also that for matters which has not been properly debated upon and consensus has been reached in the society, I don't think either the government or the Central People's Government or even the Legislative Council should say that it should be abolished. Well, Elsie Lang, thank you very much indeed. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. We'll end with a look at Indian Prime Minister Nahindra Modi's three-day visit to China, during which the leaders of the world's two most populous nations are expected to sign deals worth billions of dollars, despite a history of strained relations. See you next week. Goodbye.